This is the Olive Wellness Podcast, brought to you by the Olive Wellness Institute. Welcome to Episode 6 of Olive Wellness Podcast. I'm Chris Ashmore. If you've been listening to this podcast series from the beginning, no doubt by now you have a greater appreciation of the health and nutritional benefits of extra virgin olive oil, the Mediterranean diet, and olive leaf extract. But hang on, does the olive tree have other properties that are good for your health? With me is Sarah Gray, General Manager of Olive Wellness Institute. Sarah, welcome. Is there more to the olive tree than olive oil and olive leaf extract? There most certainly is, Chris. Now, you're normally on this side of the microphone hosting the podcast, but this time we get to hear from you. I know how passionate you are about health and wellness, Sarah, but uh, I suppose to start with, as a way of introduction, what's your background and why the interest in olive products? When I got into pharmacy, as much as I loved it, I also knew that there was just a bit more that I wanted to do and I developed some food intolerances in sort of my late 20s and became really interested in finding out what they were and and the science behind those. Probably my husband would say it's me being a nosy Parker and wanting to know everything about everything. So um, instead of just going to a dietitian and finding out what was happening, I just chose to study nutrition myself. So I did a Master's of Human Nutrition at Deakin University, which I really loved. And through that, I developed a a sort of passion, I guess, for food industry and education. So I really like to um, share with people the science behind the food that they're eating and the differences that that can make to their health. And olives, it sort of a, was a bit of a connection through people that I knew. But the thing I do love about food is that there's active ingredients in foods that can actually act like medicines. And I guess for me, that's how the pharmacy and nutrition really links. And olives are just an olive oil and olive leaf extract are just full of these bioactive compounds that are linked to you know mechanisms that drugs are linked to. For example, I'm sure we'll cover it at some point in this podcast series, but oleocanthal is a component of extra virgin olive oil. It's unique to the oil and it actually acts on the same pathways as nurofen or ibuprofen. So to me, that's the real interest where how it became involved. Well, let's have a look at the olive tree then. It's a natural, uh, wonderful uh, medicine, I suppose. Let's look at some of those major products there. What are they and how can they be beneficial to the health? So I guess most people would think of extra virgin olive oil or olive oil. So that's obviously the main commodity that comes from the olive tree. And we're very lucky that that's deeply enriched in history and we have a very good supply of it in Australia. But the other really interesting things, when you produce extra virgin olive oil, only about 12% of what you collect turns into oil. So the rest of what you collect really just goes to waste. I don't like to call it waste because then people think it's not good for you. So it's more a byproduct of that process. And some of the other things that you collect are leaves or olive pit or olive pomace or all sorts of different things. The water that you're washing away, there's so many nutrients that you lose in that sort of process because it's just part of the way that it's normally done. So the second thing after, if you think of the fruit that produces the oil, there's the leaves. So some people might have um, consumed olive leaf tea, which is a beautiful herbal sort of tonic um, olive leaf extract, which is a really well-known herbal supplement. There's olive-based cosmetics. So there's um, lots of different fats that come from the fruit, like squalene, which are really good for the skin and 
Research shows that squalene is associated with a variety of health benefits. The evidence to support this can be explored more on the Olive Wellness Institute website and blog, but it's such a long topic that I think it's one for another day. There's um, olive pit, which is is one of the byproducts, but it's like a very fine powder. We're even finding people are using that as a body scrub or it contains lots of fibre. So there's just so much that comes from the tree itself. Mm -hmm. Well, let's unpack some of these products and olive leaf extract. It's a a product that we've spoken about before with uh, pharmacist Gerald Quigley on a previous episode. Remind us, what is it and why is it good for us? Yeah, Gerald's a fantastic advocate for olive leaf extract and he's actually um, an old colleague of mine, so I'm very grateful to be working with him again. Now, it's really important, Chris, to note that people should consult a healthcare professional for any supplement they want to take because you need to make sure it's right for you, that you use it correctly and that it doesn't interact with any other medicines that you might be taking. also could cause some side effects, so I can't emphasise that enough. So olive leaf extract, a natural herbal supplement. So essentially it's a remedy that's derived from the olive leaf. And the really cool thing about it is that it's been used traditionally through history for thousands of years. It even dates back as far as the ancient Egyptians. So we know people have used this remedy for a long time and it's only really come into Western medicine probably in the last 10 years or so through some, uh, especially in Australia, some companies really promoting its use. It's got a really wide array of health benefits. Actually, on the Institute's website, there's a really lovely table that details all the different areas of benefit and talks down to whether it's in vitro or in vivo or in animals. As with most complementary medicines, a lot of the evidence for olive leaf extract is in animals or in test tubes or in a lab, so not in humans. And you'll see if you look at the evidence, it ranges from antimicrobial activity through to helping reduce blood glucose levels and having really good impacts on reducing inflammatory markers. But there also is some really great human research as well. So the human research is more around heart health and heart function, some really great trials that are very well designed studies, so randomised controlled double-blind studies, looking at how it can actually um, reduce blood pressure, reduce cholesterol and LDL levels, um, and also just have a really good impact on heart function. And then through traditional medicine, um, it was used mainly for immune support. So people used to take the extract to make sure they didn't get sick. Um, And if they did get sick, it would help them recover more quickly or relieve their symptoms. So we're finding that's the other main reason that people are using it and having anecdotal success with in the sort of Western society. It's not something that you take sporadically, though, is it? It's something you should really take every day. Yeah, definitely. In some people, olive leaf extract can be taken daily, but it's always really important, Chris, that people check with their healthcare professional before taking any supplement like olive leaf. And the main reason being is that it's a different type of antioxidant. So every day we're exposed to toxins or um, whether that be pollution or environmental or stress or whatever it is, and our body develops free radicals. And those free radicals cause damage and that can result in a whole raft of different health conditions. So that's why we should be eating healthy diets, rich in these things. The olive leaf extract provides antioxidants that you won't get anywhere else in the diet. So some of the antioxidants found in the leaf aren't found in the oil and also vice versa. So the oil and the leaf have both got very unique um, antioxidants. So by having the leaf extract daily, you're giving your body an antioxidant it wouldn't normally get in your normal diet. So just giving you that extra edge to try and reduce some of that oxidative damage that's occurring through the free radicals. Mm. Well, another uh, product you mentioned is olive squalene. 
What's that? And what's that used for? Yeah, so it's really fantastic. So it's one of the fat components of the olive oil, if you like. So you do actually consume it when you're having extra virgin olive oil. The main source in Western society is usually through shark liver. So various breeds of sharks actually have squalene in their liver and it's extracted then sold as supplements. And then emerging, I'd say over the last five to 10 years, is this desire to get more sort of animal-based, planet-friendly products. So the olive-derived squalene is becoming more and more popular. There are some companies, particularly in Europe, that sort of sell that to the market. And the main reason it's used in a cosmetic formulation is more for stability. So it can help keep makeup and cosmeceuticals more stable because it's an extremely stable fat. But it also has great benefits for the skin. So if you're rubbing it on the skin, it can help keep it hydrated and nice and plump. Really interesting. Um, Epidemiological research suggests that populations who consume a Mediterranean-style diet with extra virgin olive oil as the predominant fat have a lower incidence of skin cancer. So it's really well known in history. Some supplements also talk about its benefits for circulatory health or heart health, which is also quite beneficial. And it's just, it's a wonderful substance. And I think the challenge really is now getting it from the olive into a format that people can utilize daily. So how do you use it? Does it come in a tub or a tube and you just apply like any kind of ointment? Yeah, it's a couple of different formats. So there's a couple of brands now that produce like a liquid serum that you can just apply to your skin. And then there's lots of different supplement companies that sell it in capsules that you can take orally as well. Mm. Now, olive leaf tea. There is such a thing. (laughs) Yes. Is it good for the health? Yeah, it is really good for your health. Um, I actually think it It's delicious as well, but I guess if you're an acquired green tea drinker, you'll probably like it. The straight olive leaf tea is a little bit more astringent and bitter than green tea, so I do like to see it blended with other herbals or botanicals to round it out. In the Mediterranean, it's been used for thousands of years again, and there is actually some clinical research um, coming out about olive leaf tea. Very limited research shows that components of the olive leaf, most prominently oleuropine, can be beneficial on health such as benefits for hypertension, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, and hyperlipidemia. However, more research is needed to substantiate these findings. So again, it's important to speak to your health professional before you try any herbal remedies for your health. So if you find an olive leaf tea that's treated like green tea, so produced in a proper factory where it's steamed and rolled, inside the leaf itself, the little cells contain these powerful antioxidants. So when you roll them and treat them properly and steam them in a green tea sort of milling factory, the cells break open and release those antioxidants. So then you pour a cup of that tea and you're getting a lot more of those antioxidants in your drink. There's a lot of people that I meet when you tell people that you're um, part of olives or you're in the olive industry who grow their own trees and have their own olives and they say, yeah, I just get my leaves and I crunch them up or dry them and make a tea. Although that's delicious and you're getting some some benefit, you're not getting as much antioxidant as you could if you're finding a tea that's actually been properly sort of manufactured. And are those olive leaf teas, are they pre-mixed with other stuff normally or would you buy it on its own and then mix it with something? And that's optional. So there are brands that you can buy. Most of the brands in Australia are just the straight olive leaf tea. But if you look, there are a few other brands coming out now that are blending them together. So knowing that we know olive leaf has a lot of traditional evidence around its immune support function, you might find it blended with things like echinacea or garlic or ginger to try and potentiate that effect. And at the same time, those beautiful herbals make it taste a lot nicer. And as we say at the Institute, 
a lot and also all throughout the text in our website. It must be noted that olive leaf extract research relating to immune health is actually fairly limited. So you need to view that with that in mind and review the Institute for more information. Now, how does the Olive Wellness Institute share the science related to the olive super tree? So we're incredibly lucky um, with the Institute in that we've secured funding through horticulture innovation. So horticulture innovation acts on behalf of all of the different levy payers um, for different crops in Australia and olives being the one that we relate to. And because of their very generous and supportive funding, we're able to share the science and what the Institute's doing a lot further and more wider than we would having not had that funding. So what we do is we've got our website, which we on there we have lots of resources that we share, and we've got a whole olive science database, which um, our goal for that is that scientists, students, practitioners, everyday consumers are able to go onto the website and filter what they're looking for. So they might want information about olive oil and health and all the relevant science will populate up. So that's one way that we do it. And then we just do so many different things. So we've got this podcast channel that we're trying to um, reach people with, but we've also attend health events. We run our own event. And we've also got a brilliant cast of advisory panel members who are scattered all over the globe. So um, a lot of them are in Australia, but we have presence in America, so in Connecticut and Rhode Island, and also in the UK. And because of those people being in those locations, they also on-share the messages, whether that be through medical conferences or through TV shows or radio or whenever they get the opportunity. Good. So as wide an exposure as you possibly can, you're achieving that. Yeah, yeah. And we hope to um, have ongoing funding through Hort Innovation because without that, we probably couldn't get as far as we do. Particularly, that funding is, I should be specific, is for the Australian market. So um, we're working with them to try and secure that more ongoing. But there's just so much we can do. And the more we do, the more people ask us to do more and we get quite good feedback around the resources. One particular thing that we've done, and we've heard a bit about this, I guess, through this series, is people don't think you can cook with olive oil. So one thing we did with the Institute was actually create a leaflet that doctors or pharmacists or dietitians can give to patients to explain, well, actually, yes, you can. So there's that type of thing as well. Mm -hmm. Well, looking ahead, what are some of the projects that the Olive Wellness Institute is is looking to uh, do in the near future? Next year in May of 2020, we're actually joining up with the Australasian Society of Lifestyle Medicine. They do their annual conference in May, and that's going to be in Melbourne in Australia. So we're teaming up with them and doing a sort of pre-conference symposium over a breakfast session. So what we really ultimately want to do is have a whole day symposium on the Olive Wellness Institute every year. But in building up to that, we'll start with this symposium next year. And we're doing lots of stuff, but I guess the other really exciting one is we're starting to award a research award or fellowship. We haven't really completely decided on the name yet, but what we'll do is we'll have a look and see who's actually contributing the most to all of science in Australia and throughout the world, um, who's doing research, who's promoting that out with the community and who's really being an advocate for all of health and wellness. And we'll start to award an annual reward or uh, research award at the end of every year and give that person some funds to continue with their ongoing research. So that's something we're doing as well. And lots of additions to our website. One really exciting thing coming up is an oil comparison tool. So if you are in the supermarket and you see grape seed oil and olive oil and you think, oh, how do they compare? We'll have a really easy tool that you can just click the couple on the website and up it will pop with a very simple comparison so you can understand how they compare. 
That's fantastic. And that's one of the difficulties, I suppose, for ordinary people is to understand at the supermarket which is better and that certainly helps them um, yeah. be educated. Yeah. yeah, of course. And for practitioners, even myself, if somebody comes and says to me, oh, I want to use rice bran and I don't know how it compares, it's very difficult as a practitioner to just regurgitate that information really quickly. So if you're a doctor or a dietitian, it's a tool that you can use with your patients as well to quite quickly educate them. And for you, Sarah, how do you use your extra virgin olive oil when you're preparing or assuming that you do the preparation Yes, and I cooking? do. Yeah, I'm a budding master chef at home. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love to use it in all different ways, but I guess um, my favourite way to use it is to finish a meal. So I do love to cook with it, so I don't want to propagate that myth and it's the only oil I cook with. But at the end of a meal, like if you've made some scrambled eggs for breakfast or a beautiful salad or even some roasted meats, I use it as my finishing sauce. So um, as our one of our co-founders, of the company that I also work for who produces extra virgin olive oil says it almost replaces your bottle of tomato sauce. So on your table, instead of squirting tomato sauce onto something which is sort of full of sugar and lots of unhealthy things, I use it as a finisher, particularly a very robust oil and can really lift the taste of the meal. And what a nice way to end. Sarah, that ends episode six of Olive Wellness Podcast. To learn more about the nutrition, health and wellness benefits of olives and olive products, please visit the Olive Wellness Institute website at olivewellnessinstitute.org. Next episode, Sarah's back in the host's chair. Until then, I'm Chris Ashmore. Thanks for listening.